There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Nebraska Preps postgame with Damon Benning and Jacob Padilla. You're the big voice guy. It is Nebraska Preps post game. It's actually really kind of mid, you know, pre-summer, mid-select AAU type of basketball. Select sounds like such a bad word. <laughs> uh, we'll go with AAU basketball. My, my partner, the man, the myth, the legend, Jacob Padilla, joining us. And uh, this week it's a little fun. Well, they're always fun. Yeah. But it's always fun talking to somebody that's pretty good-natured that understands all the ins and outs. I did not wear any West Side gear today. <laughs> I am in my Nebraska Preps post-game zip-up as we talk to the head man at uh, Omaha West Side. Jim Simons joins us this week. Coach, good afternoon. How are you? I'm doing well, guys. I did wear my West Side gear today. <laughs> <laughs> you in neutral colors and, and take up uh, sporting his son's gear, I yep. see. <laughs> well, I, I, listen... Between Jacobs of his love fest for Phoenix and high school sports, this pretty much epitomizes everything that he's about. He's he's talking high school hoops and he's in Phoenix gear. So this got to be in your wheelhouse, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's a pretty good day. Uh, big win for the Suns last night, pulling that out in overtime, and now we get to talk with Jim Simons. I'll tell you, first place in the West. That almost doesn't seem right, does it? Sure it does. Long live exactly Ke- right. Long live Kevin Johnson, Chambers, Sabalos, <laughs> and Charles Barkley. Hey, you coach, don't get the angry Jacob tweets like the last couple years when the Suns weren't very good. So hey, my well, got my confident f- coaching. So. Listen, my favorite coach is when they come at like two thirty <laughs> in the morning. Those are like I'm like, what is he doing besides being mad? He's not happy with the Phoenix Suns right now. I'm an insomniac, so that's that tends to happen occasionally. <laughs> Par for the course, Coach. So, kind of a uh, the duality, right? We're we're just kicking off uh, the summer season, and we're on the heels of the recruiting period coming up for the high schoolers. Man, I that you just just doesn't rest. It doesn't come easy for you. Kind of living in both worlds. How's it been? You know, it's been good. Um, you know, I always, you know, the last couple of years, obviously, I, you know, I haven't coached a, a summer team and I enjoy getting to watch. You know, I always joke, I, you know, I get to go to the gym. Nobody's mad at me about playing time. I'm way less <laughs> mad at officials uh, than when I'm coaching. And uh, I'm generally in a pretty good mood. I get to watch some good basketball. And uh, like I said, I, I don't have a whole lot of responsibility. So I enjoy getting to watch our guys play and compete. Uh, against obviously you know some really really good competition from all over the place yeah and see you in the gym all the time you got so many kids playing on different teams different organizations how do you keep track of everybody you know i've got uh, i've got a little notes uh what's the notes app on your phone and if if there's a tournament in town like last weekend i'll you know usually wednesday or thursday try to try to get them out and then I've, i've got a little system on my phone and 
kind of have each of the teams and, you know, try to find some times where they match up in terms of you can get uh, two or three games at one time is always good. So, but it's a challenge, you know, you want to get out and watch many of them compete uh, as you can and, uh, you know, try to balance schedules and things like that. But it's, it's fun. I enjoy getting to watch it. There's no question. Coach, it's kind of cool to, to be on, I won't say I'm not on the ground floor, but I'm in early enough on your head coaching tenure at Westside. I think it's kind of fascinating, right? Because on the surface, it's this easygoing, you can kind of crack jokes, you got really, you know, you got a good sense of humor. But coaching, man, it's all about detail. You're into rigor, and you rev pretty high. How have you adjusted to kind of overseeing your own program as you kind of balance what goes on with kids coming in and out of the program? Well, I mean, you mentioned the sense of humor. I don't know if your 15-year-old son or other 15-year-old son <laughs> I've got that great of a sense of humor. But, you know, I mean, you try to balance it. I mean, obviously, you are who you are, and I'm, I'm pretty type A on things that are important to me. I, I think I've gotten better at being less type A on, on some things. But, you know, you try to balance it between being who you are but also, uh, you know, striking a chord in which, you know, you're approachable and you're not revving hot all the time. I mean, which is why I like this time of year. I've said that's one of the things I've enjoyed since I haven't coached an AAU team is I could just go be the guy's biggest supporter and and watch him play. And I don't have to critique him. I don't have to be frustrated with, you know, us not finishing around the rim or, you know, a missed defensive rotation. You know, they can maybe see a little bit more of uh, the more relaxed personality. Uh, um, are who are, and I'm pretty pretty detail oriented. That's just how my brain works, and uh, you know how we've tried to kind of establish our program. But you know, you want to be able to. There's got to be some enjoyment, certainly for the kids, and they got to see you enjoying it. And you know, I was just having a conversation uh, yesterday with uh, with Coach Kaminsky, actually out of Wayne State, and you know, and I said, you know, I'm fortunate. We've got really good kids in our program right now that are talented players, but they're also good kids and uh, they're super reliable. They're great teammates. Uh, they work hard. And I've got to remember that too, you know, and, and at times not obsess over each and every detail uh, quite as much and just, uh, you know, let them be. So, which this is a good time of year to do that. And you've got a unique perspective as somebody who coached at a high level and then transitioned into having your own high school team and building up your own program. Um, kind of what's, What's your perspective on that and seeing how the, the relationship between summer basketball and high school basketball ha- has grown over the last few years? Because in, in the past, it seems like that's kind of been an adversarial relationship for some people at, yeah, at different times. Yeah, that's right. He gets and, to play in both worlds. Yeah, yeah it seems like it's, that's, I think that relationship has grown a little bit um, over the years. What have you seen in that regard? Yeah, you know, I mean, and for me personally, I mean, I've just been of the mindset of, you know, if it helps your kids become better players, let's embrace it. You know, um, you know, and I always kind of use this as an example. Uh, you know, when Jaden Booth was playing for us and was on the top Adidas OSA team and they were playing in New York city and Los Angeles and Atlanta. Uh, if I try to battle that, I'm going to lose that battle. <laughs> I mean, those are some pretty awesome opportunities for Jaden to go compete against some of the best players in the country 
And also, you know, as a 16, 17-year-old kid, get a chance to visit New York City, to go to Los Angeles and spend some time on the beach in Los Angeles and, and go to Atlanta. I mean, those are great experiences for kids. I mean, so that's number one. It's just a battle you're, you're not going to win. So let's embrace it and try to figure out how can this be good for Westside basketball and how can this be good for our players? And, you know, to me, uh, your players are exposed to a tremendous level of competition. Uh, you know, so you're, you're getting better just by the necessity of the level of competition that you're playing against. Two, we have an understanding of how the recruiting game works. And for kids who have a desire to play in college, that's, that's really important to me. You know, I mean, an opportunity to earn uh, a college scholarship and tuition and all those things is, is super important. And, and the best way to do it uh, is through those exposure events. I mean, I think there used to maybe be a time in the past where high school coaches were hesitant to say that, and, and that's nothing against the high school game. The high school game's great, uh, but it's also smack dab in the middle uh, of those college coaches' seasons, and they're going to try to get out as, as much as they can, but they got a lot on their plate in December, January, and February. So uh, the recruiting time for them is, is during this time. So let's embrace it. It's going to make our kids better, uh, and it's also going to give them opportunities beyond high school. I mean, so to me, that's, that's a win-win for the high school program. If your kids are coming back and – August, September, and October, and they're better players because of playing against that level of competition, uh, and they've gotten some college opportunities, you know, that, to me, there's no reason why it should be adversarial. I'm watching, you know, in Atlanta a couple weeks ago, Reggie Thomas going against Keontae George, who I think is one of the top yeah. five shooting guards in the country. I mean, Reggie's pretty good, but that's going to make <laughs> Reggie a lot better playing against that guy. You know, I think also credit to all the programs here, and I think some sports aren't as good as boys basketball at this, but I think the AAU programs and the high school coaches have a really good understanding here um, that June is a high school month. There's very few, if any, AAU programs, AAU coaches that are going to kind of encroach upon what's going on in June. I mean, whether it's their strength and conditioning, whether it's their workouts, the skills workouts, whether it's your team camp, whether it's your tournaments. AU coaches are great. They're going to let them do the high school stuff. And then we know when it comes to July and it gets to those live periods, we scale back what we do high school wise in July. We're pretty, you know, intense in what we do in June In July we're doing twice a week and we're just doing, uh, you know, a, a little bit of lifting and, and a little bit of skills um, and giving them the opportunities to spend that time on the weekend playing in their AU tournaments. And I, I just think it could be a win-win and I credit the AU guys and the high school guys for, working together in the best interest of kids. I know in some sports they're getting pulled both directions at the same time. And I think boys basketball has done a good job. How much of that is a result of kind of the overlap? There's so many, whether assistant head coaches that do both now, yeah. uh, you've got a lot of guys on your staff. I know uh, Derek Porter, Bo Schwenka, um, guys like that, that have kind of done both that still help them during the high school year. And then they go out and get a coach their own teams or help with the highest level team. How much is that kind of relationship built and helped with the fact that you've got guys in both worlds throughout the, and kind of kept that whole thing going from spring into summer into fall. I think it certainly helps. I mean, there, there's an understanding, like you said, of both worlds and kind of what the, you know, what the timeline is. And as that makes sense, whether it's, you know, you go back to Doug Woodard and Scott Hawk when they started Crusaders uh, several, several years ago uh, as two high school coaches. Um, even today, you've got people, uh, you know, obviously Bob uh, and, and Mike Mackey do a tremendous job of helping coordinate things with high school coaches, even though they're not coaching in high school. But you've got people like myself, you've got people like Doug, you know, down with uh, Nebraska Supreme with Ryan Reeder 
uh, and Coach Jacobson. You know, there's just a lot of crossover, and I think a lot of people who are trying to do what's best for kids and understanding there's things that need to happen from a high school perspective in the summer, so your high school team is where it needs to be, but there's also some things that, you know, for the kids' benefit that need to happen on AAU uh, level. Coach, we were, I was talking to um, Lindsey Krause and, and, and Chucky Hepburn the other day, and, and next week it'll be Drew Christo and, and, and Hunter Salas. How do you balance your – Jacob mentioned it. You're in the gym all the time. You have your own individual workouts that you do with your own kids. How fine a line is it for you between repetition and rigor mm-hmm. when you're looking at how to manage – kind of what these new age high school athletes are doing. So I think, I mean, it's, you're right. You got to be smart about it. Uh, You know, so for example, this week, we've got a four man group that goes Monday mornings uh, on a typical Monday morning. And all four of those kids played really high level, really intense, really physical uh, basketball this weekend. I kind of, I'm watching it Friday night and I'm seeing the physicality of the game and then I'm kind of going, they've got a couple more Saturday and a couple more Sunday. It is one shooting workout at 6.45 a.m. on Monday morning, is that worth it for those four kids, or would it be better to take the day off, sleep in, show up at school at 8 a.m. when school starts, and, and get away from the game for a day? So on Monday, you know, we we canceled. Uh, you know, yeah, you, had, you had a 15-year-old that was pretty happy about that because he could barely walk. <laughs> I think I had several that were, that were pretty happy, you know. And so I think you just have to be smart about, you know, and in my mind I'm watching those games and I'm kind of going, okay, well, you know, what's the, what's the reward benefit of one 45, 50-minute shooting workout? Now, you've got to do them and that's how you build skill because obviously I think the AAU game is great for competing and the level of competition you're getting to play against and just getting to play. Uh, so we don't do a lot of open gym in the spring in terms of just five-on-five uh, open gyms and and some other people do and you know I mean what's works for them is it was what works for them uh, but my logic is we're fortunate enough to have so many kids who are playing pretty high level AAU that they're playing five or six games uh, most weeks and they're getting a practice or two uh, most weeks we, we don't need uh, a lot of the open gym in my opinion so we try to you know with our with our four-man workouts they're 45 50 minutes they're entirely skill-based uh and they're not something that probably is going to be as uh you know as difficult on their legs and on their and their body as maybe what we might do in the fall or obviously during the winter because we're cognizant of the fact that you know they're either coming off a four or five game weekend or they're maybe getting ready to go on a four or five game weekend and you know i think you just got to be aware of that and that was kind of my you know i mean I always try to look at during the season too, what are we coming off of? You know, I mean, uh, and trying to plan a practice or trying to plan the week, you know, what, what are we coming off of? And when you look at what the kids were coming off of the past couple weekends, you know, it made sense to kind of back off, but I think the skill component is super important. Obviously the way we play, we're, we're, you know, skill level, you know, shooting, finishing, passing, ball handling is important in our system. So we've got to do those things, but you're right. It's, it's a balance uh, to make sure you're taking care of their bodies and that you're not overdoing it. So you're not burning them out. I mean, I think the, the four kids that were supposed to go at six forty-five on Monday morning were, we're awful excited to have that off. And that was probably a good trade-off, uh, you know, when you look at what do you benefit from from one day of a workout. And got the uh, June period coming up. Kind of what's 
what are you what do you hope to get out of that how do you balance first what you're doing in terms of live competitions in terms of summer leagues and uh and tournaments and that type of stuff versus the skill work within yourself um now you've got to factor in the kind of the live period stuff that teams are allowed to june kind of what's your perspective on putting together a june schedule to get everything that you want accomplished you know good question and i think it's different every summer uh i was really nervous last summer uh, if we were going to get to have a June, well, we didn't have a June, but we had a July that looked like most Junes do because we were so new uh, at this time last year. You know, we had graduated a tremendous senior class that had played a ton of minutes for us. And I had said to some people, you know, if going into the 2019-2020 season when we had Jaden, Carl, PJ, Chandler, Reggie all coming back, I wasn't as worried about it if maybe we hadn't had a a summer, Uh, but going into last summer, it was a real concern because we had so many young guys and so many guys that hadn't played together before. So I think each summer, Jacob's different in terms of what does your team need? We're a little more experienced this summer than we were last summer. You know, we return statistically, uh, you know, almost our entire, you know, whether it's minutes, points scored, rebounds, assists, whatever you want to look at. Uh, So I think we have, maybe less teaching of the big picture to do this summer and more trying to fine tune, uh, you know, some details. Whereas last summer we were really trying to do big picture stuff. And uh, so this summer to me is our focus maybe is a little bit more on skills uh, because our kids have a pretty good idea of how we want to play systematically. We're not changing a whole lot in what we're trying to do offensively or defensively, uh, but it's trying to build better players, trying to build better skill. I found, uh, it's always true in coaching. The more skilled or the better your players are, the, the better your schemes look. So <laughs> we spend a bunch of time. I mean, so we do a three-day team camp. Um, you know, I think most people do that, not everybody, but but we host a three-day team camp where we try to use that to introduce any newcomers or incoming freshmen to what we're doing, kind of get reacclimated schematically to what we're trying to do, get ourselves organized, uh, and then also try to teach what we want a, a skill workout to do. Um, after that team camp ends, it really just becomes a heavy basis on skills, strength and conditioning. Uh, we've used, uh, you know, first pick and Grant Everly uh, all the years that I've been the head coach, and they do a tremendous job. So our focus is going to be, A, get reacquainted with what we want to do schematically, B, really try to improve our skill level, C, try to improve our bodies, uh, you know, through working with Grant, and then D, I don't go crazy. You know, I mean, everybody's different on games. I mean, so what we try to do game-wise, we play in the Monday night varsity league that OSA runs with our varsity group. Um, our JV, uh, we have two JV groups that are going to play in the Tuesday night JV leagues, one in Millard, one in Bellevue. Our incoming freshmen will play in the Bellevue incoming freshman league. Um, and then for the varsity group, I try to find one other thing during that week, Um whether it's, you know, one week on Friday, it's the Papio South Jam. Uh, one week on Friday, I think it's the Millard North uh, Hoops Fest. We're going to go to Kansas City as a team on one weekend um, that, you know, I think is good. We tried to do one trip. We didn't last summer for the obvious reasons. But we've been to K-State's team camp, South Dakota's team camp. Uh, a couple years ago, we went to Rockford, Illinois, when they had the NCAA event there. I just think it's great. One, you get to play different people in the summer, so you're not banging heads with the same people three, four times it allows your team to get away and do some team bonding, some team building stuff. And we've been able to have some good success with that. So we'll do that. And the other thing I've tried to do, which, you know, probably how Damon started it, you know, try to run a little less hot. I mean, I think my first (laughs) summer, 
we were in like everything. Yeah. I mean, like everything. Um, and I've gone to now, the only time we're doing anything on a weekend is the weekend we go to Kansas City. Um, everything else, uh, if I can do it Monday through Thursday, we're doing it Monday through Thursday. We are in a couple Friday things because that's when those events fall, but they're usually morning, early afternoon. Uh, so they're going to have Friday afternoon, Saturday, Sunday off. And that's, that's I think, I've just gotten smarter um, in terms of not wearing them out. And, you know, it's okay if there's something going on on a Saturday that we're not in. Um, you know, so I've got kind of – that's kind of my target. Try to play in the league on Monday nights and then one, two, three game tournament later in the week and, and repeat that all of June. You said something earlier that I think kind of we've been talking about. I know I've been talking about it with Mike Sauter a ton. You talked about having good kids in your program, and <clears throat> I know what you're saying because you're not saying, hey, listen, you know, six, seven years ago they were turds. But there's this there's this thing kind of now where whether it's a Chucky Hepburn, a Drew Christo, a Hunter Salas, a, a Jordan Ball, they're these high-level athletes that I would actually like let babysit my kids. <laughs> I know you've kind of seen this whole, wow, these are some well-rounded, really good high-end kids. Do you think there's a trick to it? Is there something in the water? Is it is it something you've noticed? I mean, Caitlin Hanna could be a three-time or two-time, three-time state golfer, and she could watch my daughter, right? Like, have you seen kind of this evolution of this complete student-athlete? And what do you think – lends itself to that it's a great question i mean and for us it starts with you know with with chandler meeks and reggie thomas i mean they'll be our incoming seniors they've been with us for four years they are awesome kids uh they are incredibly hard working they're very coachable they're very reliable uh they're really good teammates uh, they're just great kids uh and and there's no you just don't have to worry about, you know, if it's a 6.45 a.m. workout, they're going to be there at yeah. 6.45 a.m. If they're not, it probably means, you know, that there's, you know, something significant has happened. Um, but they're going to be there. There's You're not watching your, you know, looking at your watch at 6.42 or 6.43. Are they going to actually show up? I mean, you, you're there and you don't even really think twice about it. I mean, so it's a huge luxury. And, you know, and I think that the work ethic, the respect for the coaches, the coachability, uh, the respect for teachers and other adults in the building, you know, I do think it's modeled, you know, so where does it come from? I mean, I think if you have kids in your building who are, you know, who are, are like that in all sports, I mean, you know, it's, it's somewhat modeled behavior. Some of it also is probably, we're just maybe fortunate to have a good run of kids, you know, cause we've got some kids who have come to us. I'd like to say, you know, we do this, this, and that, and, you know, poof, they turn out to be awesome kids that are hardworking, that are talented, that are respectful. But we've got a lot of kids who came to us that way and you know, try to nurture those things, but, but it's cool to see. <laughs> Good point. Yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> you. It is, it is fun to see. And it, it certainly makes it a lot less stressful on, on coaches when you've got good kids like that, who, who buy into what you're trying to do and, and work hard and treat people the right way. You mentioned Reggie and Chandler. I'm going to use them as an example for a more general question. Uh, two years ago, they were really good kind of role players, fourth, fifth options. This year, they had to step into that number one, number two option this year with the seniors moving on. W what all goes into making that leap from being a really effective player in, in one role into stepping up into being kind of the main guys for your team and all the challenges, the attention that you get in that role? 
there's no question it's difficult. Um, uh, you referenced, you know, Reggie and Chandler's year, uh, and we've been, again, fortunate to have had a run of really, really good guard play. And, and Reggie and Chandler's freshman and sophomore year, they played alongside Jaden Booth and P.J. Nagambi, you know, who are both Division One level guards. And game in, game out, P.J. and Jaden were getting the other team's best two perimeter defenders. Most of the time when the game was in the balance or we really needed a basket, we were playing through P.J. or Jaden or the year before that, Chase. Um, and Chandler and Reggie, their job was to play really good defense, which they did an awesome job of, uh, handle the ball, take good shots, uh, you know, and contribute in that way. Uh, it really struck me the first game we played this sum- this past summer. Uh, I-, I still remember we played Millard West in Papio South. Um, and and I talked to Reggie and Chandler the day after. They were trying to be Jaden and P.J., um, and they're not Jaden and PJ and PJ and Jaden aren't Reggie and Chandler. They've got different games, different strengths. And I probably hadn't done a very good job. I mean, it was glad, I was glad it was a summer game because it was a huge wake up call of, you know, Jaden can do some stuff with the ball that, you know, maybe you don't recommend some other kids do, but Jaden's able to do it. Um, you know, and just having that conversation with, with Reggie and Chandler of just be you use enough, use plenty good enough. And, and your strengths might be different than the guys that we had last year that you played with last year. So play to your strengths uh, as leaders of a team and, and other guys, you know, will be able to, to kind of fill in around you, but your strengths are different than the guys who came before you. So I think that's the number one thing is to get kids as they make that jump to understand, just be you use plenty good enough. You know, and then I think the second thing is it, it becomes a, a mentality of, number one, trust your teammates, you know. Um, and and Jaden and PJ were really good at trusting you guys when you guys were freshmen and sophomores. Now it's your turn to kind of return the favor. There's going to be some games where uh, you're getting guarded by some awful good defenders and there's a lot of defensive attention on you. And I thought those two became much better uh, as the season went along in that regard. And I think they'll be a lot better next year in it because it'd just be a more comfortable role for them. But I, I think it's as much anything, it's, it's mental and just trusting yourself and trusting your abilities. Um, you know, but that's where you talk a little bit about the benefits of the AAU game. Um, Chandler had never played quote unquote point guard for us for two years because PJ was our quote unquote quote point guard, but Chandler was the lead guard or one of the two lead guards for his team factory team for, for those two years. And he's playing against really good opponents uh, at the 15s and the 16s level as that lead guard. So I think that helps him tremendously when, okay, now his role changes at the high school level. He's done this before. He's played against really good players playing for team factory as the lead guard. You know, you'll see it probably a little bit with Josiah Dotsler at Bellevue West next year. He had kind of a different role the last couple of years playing with Chucky, but he's played a lead guard role as much as, you know, especially when they play the Warriors, I'd like to see Josiah. <laughs> he's going to be pretty comfortable in that lead guard role because he's done it with his OSA team, you know? So I think that's just another example of where uh, your AAU experience can really help your high school team. Yeah, I want to stay with that for a second because it's, it's, it's happening right in our very own home, right? I mean, I've got a young guy that plays for you that um, – is was probably kind of a spot-up shooter. That's not what he loved to do, but he's gotten better at it. The first thing that he said this summer was, hey, it's it's good kind of being freed up to being able to return back to the primary decision-maker or the lead guard. 
How do you balance? Because you see so much. You see Chandler. You see Reggie. You see Payson. You see Tate. You see all these guys in all these roles. Yet you're firm and have conviction about what you want to do, but you're a lifelong learner. How do you balance seeing what a, what a Mitchell or a Benning or an Oddbody or a Gillespie or a, a Charlie Davis or, or Logan Wills, any of these guys that you watch playing in the gym all the time, Chandler Meeks, versus what is going to be good for your high school team as well? I think it's, you know, you always have to evolve. I mean, number one, as a high school coach, you have to evolve your systems uh, around what your ability level is and what the strengths of your players are. I mean, so like a great example, defensively, uh, my first couple of years, we were a pack line defensive team. Um, we did not pressure. Uh, we were a gap team. Our depth wasn't maybe where I wanted it to be. And just didn't, that was, I thought, how we were best equipped to play defensively. And then last year during quarantine in April and May, I'm kind of looking at what we've got coming back and some of our incoming freshmen. And I'm kind of looking down the road and I'm going, this team isn't going to be best suited by being <laughs> a back line defensive team. We're not taking advantage of our guys' capabilities. And then as I'm watching them, like you said, play in some of – AAU stuff, some summer stuff, I'm starting to realize our defensive system is not a great fit for the kids we have. So am I going to be stubborn and say, we're going to play defensively the way I want to play? Or am I going to say, we're becoming a little deeper than maybe we were a year or two ago. We have maybe a little bit of a different emphasis towards defense. I mean, our best players, PJ and Jaden, were were offensive talents, um, you know, and so now maybe let's make some adjustments. So we completely – revamped what we did defensively this year and and became probably as good of a defensive team as I've coached um, with the system that I thought best fit, you know, our talent. And as we look forward, we knew that we're going to have a lot of guys for, um, you know, for several years. So I think you got to always be looking at making those tweaks, making those adjustments, you know? Uh, And then as you watch kids, I think kids roles on your high school teams evolve as their abilities and their talents evolve, you know? So as kids are going out and playing against really good uh, 15 and under kids, you know, from, you know, to Matha high school in Washington, DC, yeah. and, you know, from, you know, uh, really good schools in Dallas, you start going, okay, that kid's skill set is, is evolving. Um, and now he's, he's not just a 14 year old that's maybe played, you know, seventh and eighth grade ball. He's played uh, against a really high level. And as your skill set evolves, I think your role evolves and you maybe have to change what you do offensively a little bit. You know, I mean, uh, we have a lot of guards who, you know, who have an ability to get downhill and to make good decisions, you know, and that has impacted what we're trying to do offensively in terms of, you know, we're big on double gap, triple gap drives. Uh, Cause we have a lot of kids that I think are, are capable of, a doing some damage in double and triple gaps and be their good decision makers. So um, I think you're always as a coach, uh, the more you can see your kids play and see them play in different situations uh, can be really helpful because uh, you see them when they're playing for different coaches and different systems and you kind of go, okay, they can do this things pretty well. And I'm watching a couple of our guys last summer, whether it's defensively or offensively, and you're taking those mental notes and you're going, okay, we need to, we got to make a few adjustments because they're, they're really talented or skilled in this area. And maybe they're not as skilled in this area of what we were good at in in the past. So I think the more you see your kids play and and the more they grow, 
the more you're able to expand. So we'll look different even next year than we did this year because I think we have some kids who their skill set is expanding. Like you said, we're watching it before our own eyes as their uh, as their skill sets expand. And um, you know, so I think we'll look different than we did this year. Well, a perfect question for a guy that I think is kind of widely renowned or known in his sphere of influence as a guy that can get along with multiple people in multiple areas, right? Like really well liked. Kids are now kind of deciding and picking schools and they kind of stay together and it's very competitive. You mentioned Reader, Mackie, Bob Francis. There has to be kind of some this this coming together for the goodness of kids, yet you're developing kind of this this personal, hey, this is about our school. How cool is it to watch the game grow as you adults take the lead in terms of learning to play nice with one another for the best interests of kids? Well, and I've always been a, a play nice, you know. I mean, I just think it's what's in the best interest of kids. You know, I mean, Matt Tumro called me, you know, two, three weeks ago about, you know, their deal. And he said, you know, you guys haven't been down to our deal before. Would you come down? And I was so thankful that Matt gave us that opportunity yeah. uh, to go down there and play uh, two really, really good games on Friday night. So, I mean, to me, let's we're all in this to help the kids, but, you know, and get along. I mean, and you referenced all those guys. I mean, whether it's Bob at OSA or, you know, Mike Mackey was texting me a couple days ago about one of our kids that he's maybe uh, isn't hooked into a summer team yet, but Mike thought he had a good fit for him and was, you know, and I mean, that's great. I mean, Mike does a that's great cool. job there. You know, I mean, Chandler's having a great experience uh, for Nebraska Supreme. I mean, so, uh, you know, I, you know, I feel let's, let's all help grow the game. And, you know, you just look at the last few years. I mean, frankly, it's amazing. Uh, Saturday or was it Friday night in Lincoln? You've got Brad Beal and Run GMC in the state of Nebraska playing. Uh, last year at the River Cities, you know some of the teams we've been able to bring in at the OSA stuff. Uh, I even had said, and I hopefully you don't have too many Iowa listeners, but when I first started coaching AAU ten to twelve years ago, we could not beat an Iowa team. Right, it was Hoops, Martin Brothers, Barnstormers. It didn't matter. Like if we won one game in the summer against a good Iowa. I mean, that was a huge accomplishment. Uh, and now, quite honestly, I'm watching a lot of the Nebraska versus, you know, whether it's Supreme, whether it's OSA, uh, Factory, whoever it might be, uh, that is completely flipped. Uh, I mean, the Nebraska teams are are winning significantly more than they're losing, uh, and that's just a credit to the kids uh, in terms of the talent level that's here. And, and I know you guys have been doing your series, also a credit to – the opportunities here in Nebraska for them to improve as players, because the uh, it's just the level of talent and the level of opportunities these kids have uh, it starts with their talent and their abilities. Obviously, I mean Chucky Hepburn. Th- there's no amount of coaching or training that was going to make <laughs> Chucky. You know, I mean he's really good on his own, but I think it starts with the kids' abilities. Everybody offering good opportunities for the kids, and you know, like you mentioned, I mean there's different fits for different kids. So I'm great with them playing for whoever, cause you just get along with whoever and whoever the kids feel is the best opportunity, uh, you know, for them. I've had an association with OSA along with coach Woodard, but you know, we both have had kids play for, for other organizations and, you know, Chandler's a great example. He's had an awesome experience with that. And, and that's great. If, if more people can help kids be better, help basketball in Nebraska, I think that's a good thing. You're good. Yep. 
Fantastic. I, I always say this, like I, I like talking to you as much because I know I'm going to learn something just from kind of your style of teaching, man. I, I, I appreciate the time. And uh, it's not like you, you fielded a lot of softballs, man. Those are real questions with real perspective. So I appreciate it, Coach. Well, thanks for having me on. And thanks for, you know, what you guys and, you know, obviously a few other folks in the media have done to really help bring a lot more awareness to high school athletics in general and basketball in particular. I think that's that's been a part of the story as well. So there are not many teams that are covered as well as the Nebraska team. So appreciate you guys doing that. Coach, we appreciate your time. Thank you. You bet. Thanks, guys. One of the good ones right there. For sure. Straight shooter. Um, gosh, we could have probably gone another 15 minutes. Yeah. Gonna I, ask him I, about I, handling the pressure. I came in wanting to ask him what it's like having to deal with having Damon Benning as a <laughs> helicopter parent in your program, but we kind of ran out of time there, so hey, I let know, him off the hook. I, he's he's much better at what he does than than what I do, and it's kind of been easy, yeah, right, to just kind of let it go, and I get to just sit back and 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 watch. But I think he really hit the nail on the head with folks with the. With the readers and the Kumros and the and the Mackies and the Bob Francises and everybody really coming together for kids, I think it's made a huge difference in the last four or five years. And yeah, and listening to his just overall perspective, it's not hard to see why he's been able to build that program up over the last few years. Quickly. And obviously, really good freshman class this past year. The freshman team went undefeated and you had your best players all playing JV and yeah. uh, varsity too. So um, you, you can see why people want to play for him. Yeah, it's interesting you say that. And, I, and I'm glad you said it before I did. Yeah. It's, his, it's his relational skill set that has allowed him to flourish these last couple of years with people wanting to come play for him. He doesn't have to do much. He, 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 you know, people think like, well, he says this or he does this or he was the, no, actually I think the kids just watch him and they like what he's about and they want to know more. They want some of that. And he's got a great staff, too. I know all those guys that, that, that coach under him there. Just added Matt Rubichek, coach of freshman this year, another great guy. He's just got really good people coaching under him that, again, makes that whole deal that much more attractive to kids that are coming in. I'll tell you what, man. You ever need a schedule? What time, what is, where you're going to be? That's your guy. He's as organized as it gets, and there is no guesswork. It's a peace of mind. You have to be with as many kids as he's got playing at Isn't high level. something? Yeah. I mean, every le- Logan Wilson, Charlie Davis, Tate Oddvody, Chandler Meeks, you know, Reggie Thomas, yeah. Caleb Mitchell, or Caleb Benning. All, yeah, all different teams for the most part. You got a couple on the same team, but they're spread out against the various uh, ages and Adidas, National for Supreme. You got the UAA team over there. Like, that's, that's tough. I mean, like, I, I have a hard enough time trying to follow all, all the teams that we have here, I can't imagine trying to specifically follow kids in particular that are all over the place. You're going to have a hard time not winning the most games of anybody over there that's <laughs> coaching with you. They're starting to look over at Coach Padilla's team saying, hey, yeah, those guys are pretty good. <laughs> Got a pretty good group. Uh, yes, you do. <laughs> with a decent coach. We'll be back next week. Be Prep Hoops Classic. That'll be in Minnesota. They got the Great Lakes Shootout. Now you got a couple of Pentagon games that will be in Minnesota on the week of the 14th. Uh, as well. You'll get it all right here. He's as good as it gets in the business. He's everywhere. I just try to get him where I fit in. That's Jacob Padilla. I'm Damon Benning. This is Nebraska Preps Post Game. A Huda Media Production.